Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. My name's Dave. I'm here with Amy and this is our pre-Basho episode. We are previewing the upcoming Hatsu Basho 2023 taking place in Tokyo, Japan. Sumo's back, baby. Yeah, it sure is. And what an exciting year, I reckon, it's going to be. And I think everyone feels that sentiment. I think it's um, a really exciting time in Sumo. There's so many young guys and... Um, older guys in form and coming up and in different spots from where we're used to seeing them. And Jurio is an absolute hot pot of talent at the moment. Jurio is going to be so exciting. You can certainly see in the Western sumo community a sense of instability. Yes. People need their their uh, solid ozeki and solid yokozuna to hang on to, to provide some of that, uh, well, stability in their lives. And I feel that when we don't have that, People are a little lost. I know, but I think it might be my favourite time yeah. in a sport, actually, when there's that transition and when I can see that everybody is a bit lost about it because, you know, you don't necessarily like that in other aspects of your life or your work or something, that instability. But in a sport, it can be really exciting because it leads to storylines and successes and failures that you never even imagined. Sport changes. Yeah, Sport changes over time and I think one of the things we're seeing at the moment is this questioning of the requirements to get to Ozeki, the requirements to get to Yokozuna. Mm. The sport needs powerful Yokozuna, powerful Ozeki. Do you think the current Ozeki model of needing to get those 33-odd wins is too tough for today's environment? Oh, it's such a great question. I do think that the, the world in general is in a state of flux. And so I do think a lot of rules are changing around, um, you know, various aspects of society. And that's probably too, too broad a statement for an Ozeki model. You've but gone if you very apply big it, there. I know, yeah. <laughs> perhaps too big. Um, but if you pl- apply it down, bring it right into Ozeki, I, I do think that they're going to need to change something. Um, one, for the pure reason that there just isn't the... Uh, talent in Ozeki, in the Ozeki ranks at the moment. Well, there aren't. There's only Takakesho, who's fine. There aren't Ozeki at the moment. Takakesho is fine. But then, yeah, just the way that um, people are coming in and out of the sport and moving around. It's just like, like you said, I think that instability is is a really good thing to focus on. And so they need to adapt some of their rules and some of their ways of working. And you, you can see that the JSA is perhaps being dragged into the modern era in tiny ways, like in, you know, with some of the dealing with injury and some of the dealing with some of the scandals and COVID rules and things like that, you know, they are responding and they are moving forward inch by difficult inch. So why wouldn't they change and adapt some rules along the way? The The basic thing is that they need Ozeki and so maybe that, that will be the bottom line there. The flip side to the instability is what we saw in 2022, which was six Basho being won by six different people. 
that's not the flip side to the instability. Isn't that the instability itself? Uh, well, I'm saying, sorry, the flip side to the negativity oh, yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. the instability is. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's so exciting. We go into every bash yeah. show not knowing who's going to be hoisting that cup up at the end of the 15 days. Yeah, yeah. And we've come out of the Hakaho era, era, of course. And I guess if we were watching during that, right in the middle of that, we'd, we'd sort of have a different opinion. Or maybe we'd be begging for something different. <laughs> I don't know. Tell us what, if you were a big fan in the middle of the Hug Holy Era, tell us what it was like. But I, I like the difference every time around. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Tokyo, it's the middle of winter. So the weather over the next fortnight will be cold. Not the kind of cold that maybe a lot of people around the world experience who listen to us, but yeah. tops of about 15 degrees, which is 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Not too bad during the day. That's a lovely winter's day. But at night, the lows get down to between about zero degrees and two degrees Celsius, which is 32 to to 34 degrees Fahrenheit. Because the cold weather, though, the humidity will stay very, very low. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not That's exactly no sure who the low humidity specialists are. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it means that, like, if it goes, if it drops below zero, then it means that um, there's no humidity at all, right? It so does not. You, oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. There's no um, water. There can't be any water in the air at all. Because it becomes snow. And so then it gets really, really super dry. That's when your lips get dry and your right, skin gets okay. dry and you start feeling kind of, well, mm. I, I mean, how do you deal with cold weather? You're a cold weather person. Yeah, I love cold weather. Yeah. Um, how did you like Japanese winters? Uh, they were very, very cold. Uh, what did you do to the way The way around? I dealt with it, the secret was yeah. uh, I would wear my pyjamas underneath my jeans. Did you? My pyjama <laughs> bottoms, yeah. More baggy pyjama bottoms, bottoms, but cased into the jeans? No, no, no. They, they were kind of more well-fitting pyjamas oh, okay. over, you know, just normal jeans. Oh, and I'll tell you what, that was a treat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kept you very nice and warm. And then you'd just keep them on, you'd get home, you'd take, take your jeans off, off yeah. go straight to bed. Because <laughs> you had a tiny apartment for most of the yeah. time that you were there. What was the heating like? No, it was just your... a little split system, so it was fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No problems at all. Crack the window in the morning to get some nice cold fresh air in there. Because I did live in Sweden for two years What's when I was younger and that was very cold and um, the way that they would deal with it was like super heat, all the, the yes. shops <laughs> yes. and everything around. And so you were – and everybody would wear layers of coats. So it actually kind of had the opposite effect where you'd get too hot going into shops and you'd have to shed everything and you'd be so – it'd be so pleasant in shops and restaurants and cafes that the times in between were actually kind of quite manageable. Yeah. And the yeah. buses and the, the trains and everything was, was sort of superheated. So that was really nice there. But the cold was, yeah, that was – the coldest I've ever experienced was going up above – the Arctic Circle in the winter to see the Northern Lights, oh, yeah. which I saw, I was really lucky. And I, I've just never f known that it was possible to feel that cold. And again, I'm sure a lot of listeners have experienced that, you know, in America and Canada and places like that. But my, my face kind of just disappeared. Like I couldn't <laughs> feel it. And then I touched it and it was still there, luckily for me. But everything was encrusted with, you know, the ice. And from someone from Australia, that's like really quite different. Yeah, I think our lows get to about five degrees. Yeah, we're we're like, really well, that's cold. very, very cold. Well, in Melbourne anyway. In Melbourne, yes. Uh, let's move on to the news. Yeah, there have been a few things uh, happening and a, a few things from a while ago that we didn't talk about in our uh, Banzuke episode. I guess one of the big things, it's a bit negative, but Isaga Hama Oyakata and 
the trouble that he has got into that has resulted in him resigning from his position of Rigi on the board of executives uh, in the NHK, on the NSK, NSK. Um, he was like right up at the top, one of the most important people. He's had a scandal before. It was the big Haramafuji yeah. scandal. Uh, a while ago, the Haramafuji affair that resulted in him having to resign. He was demoted at that point, Isakahama Oyakata, but it's all um, it's all happened again. This is not great news. I- Isakahama Oyakata is very much the face of sumo administration, mm. you'd have to agree. Yep. Uh, good to see that the NSK has stepped in swiftly here. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, this is another example of them kind of taking action quite quickly. So the, the issue was that a rikishi, uh, Makushita rikishi at Isagahama, and there have been some speculations as to who these rikishi are. I'm not going to say those because I feel like they still are very much at the speculation stage. But he complained about being bullied. His family took it to the NSK the NSK. He complained a separate time. So there were two complaints made to the NSK and the bullying was like really bad stuff. Um, really violent. So punching, hitting, and he had boiling water poured on him. Like I just can't imagine this, um, happening, but we do know that this kind of, you know, hazing and bullying has Mm. been known to happen at, um, at Haya. So it was specific accusations against another Makushita Rikishi doing it a number of times and then another guy doing it just once. Okay. So they investigated, they found that it had happened, that it hadn't been reported by Isakahama Oyakata and hence his punishment. They've suspended the rikishi who was the bully. Yeah. Oh, sorry, they've they've made him retire. He's now retired. He's now gone. And the other guy who just did it once, he's been suspended for Hatsu and Haru. Okay. And it's not known... Um, whether the victim, quite what's happened to the victim, although there is a speculation as to who it is. So you did say that uh, the last time there was an incident uh, at the stable, Isakahama was demoted, but he has found his way back onto that council. This time, though, it's a little bit different because he's fast uh, approaching the compulsory retirement age Mm. of 65. Mm. He's 61 at the moment. So it seems like him coming back is very unlikely now. Yeah, and two strikes as well. Mm. And in an era where maybe they are getting a bit harsher on these sort of things. I mean, I imagine he has mates. I, I wouldn't say that for sure that he wouldn't be reinstated at some point, but this looks really bad and whether or not it's just for show and he will be back, yeah, I have no idea, but it, it doesn't look great for him. I mean, he he has to say something about these sort of things and it was so dramatic and so um, so awful that maybe he thought that in the in the past at least maybe the victim wouldn't speak up. Yeah. But we're seeing more and more these days in a variety of situations that victims are speaking up for themselves and, and families are uh, really supporting them in that, which is uh, great. And with the NSK setting this precedent now of investigating these things thoroughly, of taking action when they find something has gone on, hopefully this is going to go about changing the culture, mm. as you said, that hazing culture that has been prevalent. Uh, in some hair. Yeah. I would say it's disappointing for me as well. I really like him as an Oyakata. I think he's very popular and he's got a massive stable with some of the rikishi we know and love the most. And we've been talking a whole lot about Midori Fuji and Nishiki Fuji and Terunifuji, of course. 
so, yeah, it's really, really disappointing to see this this behaviour from him. But uh, that was some of the big news in between November and January Basho. Also, we've just heard that um, ex-Toyonashima, ex-Sekiwake Toyonashima, who is just an absolute barrel of laughs from all reports and everything we've seen on the Oyakata channel uh, for the NSK and all of that. Just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He's retiring now because he, he can't keep his kabu. He had a borrowed one and that disappeared. I, I know when you you found this news out, you took this hard. I know. Um, I did actually. I want to offer you the uh, an alternative way to process this information. This is fantastic news for Toyota Shima. Okay. Maybe it'll lead to more more sumo smiles from him or outside sumo smiles. I think so. I mean, we know he has the kind of personality to take on this, uh, you know, this new career of being this tarentor or a TV celebrity. Yeah. He'll be on shows. Yeah. yeah. He'll be he'll be doing advertisements. He'll be doing, um, I imagine, charity events. He'll be br- a brand ambassador, I imagine, at some point in his career. This is great <laughs> news for Toyonashima. Oh, I don't mind that, actually. I think that's true. And what we have been absolutely clamouring for is more sumo content, more and more. And we did see that from him on the Oyakata channel. I'm sure he'll repl- be replaced by someone equally as great. And so maybe now we'll see more and more uh, content around sumo outside, perhaps, if he's part of it. So that, yeah, that's a very positive thing. I guess I just saw the announcement on, I saw it on his Instagram, because for some reason, most sumo people I follow on our sumo Mainichi account, but him, and only him, I follow on my personal account (laughs) for some reason. So it popped up uh, around Christmas or, or when it was announced, and it was a handwritten letter by him, you know, saying, oh, I'm sorry, sorry to disappoint everyone, but I, I'm going to have to retire and I'm going to be moving on to this other career. And because it was handwritten, it was just felt really emotional. And he also included his his Gmail in there. So if you want to <laughs> drop Toyana Shima a line. It's like, it's like when you leave a job. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, when people send a, a final email from staff. their job yep. and all staff, yep. they go, if you want to keep in touch, here's my personal address. It's always a Gmail address and you're like, yeah, I don't need that. No, probably I'm, not. I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. There's just one snarky line about the corporation yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then their personal email. <laughs> well, I mean, we can now all email ex-Sekiwake Toyonashima. Yeah, maybe we should. Um, and just support him in that. So, I mean, he's he's got heaps of support, I'm sure, on Twitter. Everyone was, was sad about that. But, yeah, he was on a borrowed kabu. So it was the Izutsu Kabu, and that was previously held by uh, the ex Izutsu Oyakata Sakahoko ex Sekiwake. And he is the father of Shimanumi's new wife. Ugh. So his eldest daughter is Shimanumi's wife. So it was always postulated that part of that, I don't want to call that marriage a deal, <laughs> but part of that beautiful, joyous, romantic union was a bit of the old kabu for one Shimano Umi. <sighs> so how do you feel, to bring it, to swap it back to negative perhaps, how do you feel about Toyonashima Oyakata being replaced by Shimano Umi Oyakata? Uh, I don't think Shimano Umi should be around young Rikishi. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got amazing um, skills off the doyo in terms of... Well, planning. 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 Evaluation. Yeah, event planning. (laughs) I mean, he might understand, you know, property and real estate, Mm. uh, marketing perhaps, but certainly in terms of what goes on uh, inside the rope, yeah, (laughs) I'd I'd keep him away from the the young guys as he moves into this role. 
Oh, I should know the answer to this, but I don't. Is a kabu a physical thing? I always imagine it like it's a carved piece of wood. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but I always a- imagine it like a pouch. I think it's because <laughs> I've been watching the Rings of Power. No spoilers. But I always imagine it as a little pouch right. of like and what's, dust so- or something around your neck. Oh, so is the kabu Do the dust, dust or? Uh, the kabu or the is the pouch. Thing. Yeah, the it's pouch. the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we can find out what that is. That's the wonderful thing about sumo, though. You never, ever stop learning. Or in our case, you never, ever just stop guessing and then forgetting (laughs) to look it up later. (laughs) It's our vibe. Uh, Now, Yutakiyama has come out with some absolutely sensational claims. Oh, just a very brief thing I saw about him, you know, because I I was sad about him having to retire and I'm, I'm always looking out for news of him. Retired in November. He's already lost 22 kilos. He looks... I wouldn't say trim, but he's getting there. He looks um, stylish and he said he's aiming to participate in the Tokyo Marathon in 2024. Now, I mean, that seems crazy to me. I think the Tokyo Marathon happens earlier in the year. Right. Uh, Yeah, March, around March it normally happens. So about a a year and two months from now. I mean, this is madness. This is absolute <laughs> madness. We've seen some footage in between, actually. I wasn't going to talk about this, but of Enho running. So he was on a game oh, show. yes. Where you, you get chased by, in inverted commas, hunters. Hunters. Yeah, so you, you have to do a task, get the treasure, <laughs> and then absolutely go for it, run as fast as you can to get away from the hunters we- to win the treasure. And he did. We're, we're basing our understanding of the rules on this game off this 30-second clip, and it's very, mm. very hard to know if the whole show is based around mm. these hunters chasing people for money. But yeah, I tell you what, segment. he looked very quick off the first few steps, and I've got to say he held that pace up. The hunters were coming hot. Yeah. He did that really low style of running where you're just like, do, 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 do. Well, I don't think he has a choice. Because he's small. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But he, there were no lengthened strides. Oh, no, no, no. It was absolutely pounding them. Small there. and quick. And i got to say, uh, Huckahaw was on the other side of that gate, absolutely thrilled to see his boy bring home the money. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the best day of Huckahaw's week, it seems like. <laughs> and again, we can't say whether this money was being donated to charity or was going straight to the uh, hair. Uh, but the whole team were there and they were absolutely loving it. Not sure. So maybe Enho is the sprinter, but Yutakiyama, he's wanting to be known now as the long distance runner. So I guess he's, I mean, if you're doing a marathon, then you want to start training. You want to start building it up now. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about the the sprint, that very much works with the style of fitness that you need to be a rikishi, which is short burst. They call it anaerobic, where mm. you don't, uh, you know, like huffing for a long period exactly, of time. Exactly, like you don't need to provide your muscles with a lot of oxygen. Yeah. And that's why I'm really, really worried about Yutakiyama. Yeah. <laughs> Just changing that, that style of fitness that he's built up in such a short amount of time. I love it. I think it's bold. It kind of fits in with my idea of what his personality might be like, you know, a little bit little bit rash, <laughs> uh, just wanting to get out there and doing something <laughs> physical again, not just sitting around drinking beer yes. still. You know, he's going for it. Uh, I just like that piece of news. Teretsu Yoshi. Now, there's been a few little dribbles of information about him. And the first one was in December in a a gossip newspaper. They love putting out uh, little tidbits of information here and there that you're not sure of the veracity of. But 
their announcement was that he was <laughs> he was caught in civvies at a reptile or amphibian uh, sort of show, you know, where they, they put them on display and you can buy reptiles if you want to, when he was meant to be Kujo from the Jungyo, from the regional tour. Mm. And Do there's we, a photo as well. Right. There's a photo. So it's it, that one was verified. Do, do we know whether this was an above board reptile convention or is this one of these black market animal <laughs> yeah. uh, markets that you hear Well, about? I'm hoping that it was a, a above board one. I've just had a look at the uh, Tokyo, let's say, council website just in terms of what kind of licenses you would need. Uh, I'm referring to uh, dot 0.5 out of the just general information about animals and pets in Tokyo. Animals that could attack people such as medium-sized monkeys, raptorial birds such as eagles and hawks, crocodiles and snakes are categorised as specified animals. If you do wish to keep one as a pet, you are requested to obtain permission from the governor of Tokyo. Do we know, has there been any correspondence uh, from the Teretsuyoshi camp to the governor of Tokyo? Oh, look, we'll have to do some research into We might that, have I to think. dig that up. Because what about lizards? That wasn't mentioned on that though, because lizards can't kill people. Well, no. So I think in that uh, case, we refer to dot point four. you would then defer to the rules of the housing complex that you're in. Uh-huh. Dogs and cats need to be registered, uh, obviously. And I, th- I think the same would be with if you were buying a frog or a, or a lizard. And they do have some, um, they do have some advice for when your pet dies oh. so that you can contact them for correct disposal means of your pet. Oh, okay. Depending on your ward. Okay. In Tokyo. Well, it seems like he he's a fan of of uh, amphibians. Yeah, is it worth worth copying this kind of controversy for though, I wonder? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously the issue was him being there when he was meant to be, you know, repping the uh, <laughs> not, JSA. Yeah, not repping the tiles. <laughs> no, but maybe maybe his uh, his pet had just died and he'd disposed of it in the correct <laughs> manner. He contacted the ward and he then got in touch with the governor about getting a new snake and he was there to, to get one. Uh, the other the other aspect of that was that he had tonsillitis at the time and then they brought to us the news that he has a lady friend. Well, this was something we knew about or you broke yeah, last I broke time. It. You broke it. You <laughs> yeah, broke it to only me. Only me, yeah. Um, and we wondered whether that had to do with that zero fifteen. Yes, that was our uh, our guess that maybe uh, he'd you know he'd been distracted or something like that. But just recently, they did confirm that he he got married on the down low uh, to a thirty one year old woman who owns three restaurants. She's a business owner, and that the reason that he went zero fifteen was not in fact her; it was diabetes. She has a lot of Teretsuyoshi uh, information to take in there. So the lady owns three restaurants. Yeah, three. Mm. Do we know what kind of cuisine they're serving up? Uh, we don't. Mm. We don't, no. Yeah. Wasn't able to, to find that we out. Should, we should see if we can dig that up. Teretsuyoshi, wow. It's been a journey. I know, it a lot happening to in to be his a journey. Life. I mean, he's now down, down in Jirio and I, I think he will uh, struggle down there, but perhaps it's good to know, you know, good to know about the diabetes issue and that it is a treatable uh, issue and, you know, you can have treatment. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully it's not a new thing for Teretsuyoshi. Well, I think it, it might be and I think that might be okay. why it's a, right. Yeah, why it's affected him so much. Anyway, he'll be up against the Sunny Yama, so we look forward to that. 
Uh, that's all my Teretsuyoshi news. I think I think <laughs> well, I've come up with enough there. I, well, hopefully that's a regular uh, feature. Yeah, and don't forget it's still episode. to be uh, confirmed whether he will do the salt throw. Everybody on day oh. one, that's tomorrow, will be on the lookout for whether it's one single grain or the handful. And you handfuls. should join us because we will be live streaming Jurio uh, on our YouTube channel. So we'll be kicking off at whatever time Jurio yeah, starts. Yeah, it starts at some time <laughs> in the afternoon and we'll be there. Well, the afternoon for us. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it is Morning for the rest for of others. you. There's a new sumo shop, new sumo online shop from the JSA official. It's called Sumol, which I can only assume is mall as in a shopping centre. So they've gone for the American kind of yeah. association. But it also, and then it has sumo as part of that because it's sumoru. Yeah. But it also kind of just says small. Yes. Because the U is the only letter that's not a capital. Yeah. <laughs> so it's capital S, small yeah. U, and then more than capitals. Anyway, it's it's fine. They've so done all right with that. This launched in the first few days of this year. We've had a bit of a peruse of the products that they've got. There's some uh, delicious curry sets that you can get. A very fetching watch. Yeah, I like the watch. For 4,400 uh, yen. There are there any other products there that have caught your eye? Well, the full size, the life size, they call it tapestry of various rikishi. I like that. I like that it's large. Yes. Uh, they're quite expensive. They're 11,000. But, you know, I'd, I'd go for a few of them. I think you can get quite a few people. You can definitely get Terunofuji, <laughs> Enho, although he just, he only reaches about halfway up. You can get, you can get Wakamoto Haru. They've, because this is a new <coughs> thing, it's really interesting that they've got, you know, all the top guys that you would expect. But because Wakamoto Haru is so prominent at the moment, he features in everything. Mm. They've well, also got should. a Saniyama in there. So they're, you know, they're putting their money on a return yes, to Yes, very <laughs> to form. much so, very much so. They're Tamawashi, Hokuto Fuji. Interesting choice Well, I there. think that'd be old stock. Yeah, probably. But life-size, I mean, I guess you get a stand and you, you know, would you want to come out of the bedroom every morning and just see Teranofuji standing there? What do you uh, think? A couple <clears throat> positioned throughout the house? I guess after the, after the first few days, you get used to the shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, I think you'd see it out of the corner of your eye and get scared. There's a carving at my work of a woman sitting down at a table and it doesn't look any, it's nothing like lifelike. It's all just one piece of wood, but everybody's always like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and I think it'd be a bit like that. Yeah, it'd be a very, very similar thing to that. Uh, I've just done a sort by popularity. Uh, the most popular item on the store is actually sold out. It's the Lucky Bag. It's a bag oh, yeah. that uh, has things like tegata, there's stickers, there's curry, a little bit of tea there. The other uh, item that really caught our eye was the uh, daifuku, the big, I don't know what you call it, like a cushion. Yeah. In the shape of uh, rikishi. Yeah, like a pillow. That's the one they always use when they're doing their advertisement <clears throat> uh, videos. So there's a new one today I saw from Wakamoto Haru. Maybe it's been up the whole time. Um, sort of just hugging the pillow. The promotional image is a kind of kid taking a rest on yeah, the yeah. pillow. I don't know. Does it make you want, do you want the pillow? Oh, of course I do. Mm. Uh, and we're in Japan in March, which oh, isn't yeah. all that far away. And I think we're going to try to find a way to get some of this stuff delivered to our uh Hotel slash Airbnb. 
Yeah, we need a spare suitcase for that for the pillows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one of the real highlights, though, of the Sumol uh, thing that we would encourage you to do is to set the language of the website to English and then go to the search by Sumo Wrestler page because it feels like they're relying on machine learning to tr- translate <laughs> some of these names. So while there are, you know, a number of rikishi that have their correct names, such as Terunofuji, Taka Keisho and Shodai, a few of them have gone a bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> some of our favourites were, were Hoshoryu. I mean, this is a direct translation, but he's Rich Dragon, which, you know, you, you, it's not bad to be known by on a, on a website. I don't mind that one at all. Uh, and then Tamawashi Ball Eagle. Ball Eagle. Um, Midori <laughs> Fuji is Green Fuji. Yep. So Midori for, for Green. I do like, I mean... Most a lot of people know that Yama is mountain in Japanese, but still calling Kiribayama Mount Kirima <laughs> for some reason is just well, very funny to me. The one that always makes me laugh for some reason, it, and it, I don't think it's the funniest. It's that Dai Show is called Great A Show. Yeah. <laughs> Great A Show. Um, the other one that is worth a look is Kidnawaka. They've really gone for the literal translation of the kanji, and it's just young in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Ichi Yamamoto, Ichi Yama book, like yeah. just a, another straight <laughs> translation. Ichi Nojo, Ichi knows castle. Well, Ichi no se. Yeah. Yeah. Ichi no se. Castle. Castle. Oh, and, and have we spoken? Oho. <laughs> Oho. I think they they must have gone for the, the Chinese, Chinese reading. reading of the kanji. He's called Wang Peng. <laughs> so that's, that's oh, what I'll be so referring good. to him as uh, now. Well. Young in the North. That's a great one. Okay, well, let's crack into a bit of karaoke corner. Yes. Shall we? Yes. Shall we? Let's do it. Uh, I was on Bing. Yeah, yeah. You know I was on Bing. Deep in Bing. Deep in the Bing searches to unearth some of this stuff. We're going to kick off with, uh, well, we're going to have a couple of Senshu Raku party performances. The first of which is Takakeisho. This is from May seventeen. This is from May 2017. Let's take a listen. I love that. Somehow that fits in exactly with how I would imagine Takakesho singing. Yes. Because we haven't heard him sing before. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Ernest, yep. do you want it down a bit? Do you want it, you know, transpose down a bit? Well, I it's mean. A bit, it's a bit high. No, no, I can do it. 
I'll practice. Well, I'll gamberize. We are coming into this track at about the one minute mark. The first few verses were well within his range. Okay. And it's the could, old chorus up high. It's the old chorus mm. up high. And you could see his face just drop as his <laughs> notes started to go up and up and up. He had nowhere to go. He had <laughs> no, run out of range there. No, he shouldn't be up there, that's for sure. But I can hear him just like he does with everything, just stepping in there with confidence, going for it, giving it a shot. Staring people in the eyes as he's just cracking on those high notes. Well, <laughs> he was looking a little sheepish, a sheepish, to be honest. And look, at the time in May 2017, he was 20 years old. He'd just come off an 11-4 at Maigashira 7, and he'd actually put up that same score the previous Basho. Wow. It was actually interesting to go back um, to have a look at his record. He only spent six basho in Maigashira before moving into Sanyaku, and that's where he stayed. So this was his third appearance. After three more, he was in Sanyaku. Wow. So he was feeling pretty good then. The Senshiraku party was a positive one for him. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, you've done so well. You know, you really need to sing, come out and represent. <laughs> but I mean, the magic of these Senshiraku performances is you can just hear people talking and drinking yeah, yeah. and clattering around in the background. It's no big deal. It's, yes, it's a performance, but everyone's not sitting there judging you. Yeah, that's right. It's not a, not a sit down concert. Um, this song mm-hmm. is called Tsubomi. And if you're an avid listener of Karaoke Corner, and I'm sure you are, you'd recognise that we actually have featured this song before, only back in November. Right. So that performance there was Kiridaichi and Kamito from Tatsunami Baya. And you will remember that the song Subomi, uh, Marty Friedman from thrash metal band Megadeth, yes. big fan of this song. That's the one. Fantastic. And which performance did you like? Oh, what? well, there was, I mean, obviously Kiridaichi and Kamito had each other to rely on. Uh, I think their voices probably had a little bit more in the top register, <laughs> but there's something very vulnerable about the Takakesho performance here. Agreed. They're both very different. I like them both. Yeah, and that's what I hope to do, provide some contrast. Mm. Uh, let's move on to our next selection. This is another Senshiraku party performance, and we have Kyoku Tenho. <laughs> Again, just how I would imagine his voice to oh, be totally. like distinguished, lower. He's kept that in a great register for him. And he's done something very clever, which is pair himself with a great singer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this was taken from the Tomazuna Bayer's Senshuraku party from January 2019. So not all that long ago. Uh, and this is uh, Kyoku Tenho as Oyakata, uh, as you said, the distinguished uh, Kyokuten Ho, uh, 
uh, with a very beautiful performance of that song. Unfortunately, I can't tell you anything about the song. I was trying to search the lyrics. I couldn't find anything about it. But I thought it was a a nice little chance for us to have a look back at uh, Kyoku Tenho's career. And do you know who's singing with him? I do not. Wow. It's a mystery, this one. Well, because this, you know, I found this one uh, very, very much in the deep depths of Bing and there was no information surrounding it. Wow. Um, But Kyoko Tenho, he was, obviously he's Mongolian. He was born in 1974 and he made his debut in March 1992. Four years he slugged away in the lower ranks and he earned his promotion to Jurio in March 1996. From there, two years later, 1998, he was in Makuchi and he actually worked his way all the way to Sekiwake in July 2003. So well into his career finding his way up the top. He didn't stay very long there and he spent the remainder of his long career in the Magashira ranks. But the highlight of his career was undoubtedly the 2012 May Basho, where he beat Tochiozan in a playoff after both Rikishi uh, finished on 12 and 3. Amazing. Yusho win for Kyokuten Hall. That's his only Yusho, obviously. At that point, he became the oldest Rikishi to win his first Yusho. He was 37 years eight months and seven days. Now, that record, was, of course, was taken away in September last year when Tamawashi yeah. won his first one at 37 years and 10 months oh, and just. nine days. So he, he did hold that record for a while, but uh, great to see it go to another Mongolian mate there. Uh, the other interesting thing about that uh, you show was that Kyoko Tenho won it from Maegashira 7 and he was the first rikishi in a very, very long time to not be promoted to Sanyaku. He was put to Maegashira 1. What the heck? Did he prove everyone wrong? He did not. He went, uh, he lost the first 13 days <laughs> of the next basho and he ended up on a 2 and 13 score. Because he was so disappointed. Well, I mean, you just kind of go, if you don't believe in me, this is what I'm going to do. He was thoroughly bummed out. So in July 2015, he lost uh, his final day match to finish on 3-12. He left the dojo in tears. I remember that. Very, very uh, famous uh, footage. So by then he must have been 37... 38, 39, like 40. He retired at 40. He was was one of the oldest ricochet going around still. Um, His quote was, I've run out of strength and I don't have the spirit anymore. But in a very, very beautiful end to that basho, Hakuho won that one and he let Kyokuten Hall ride in the car with him afterwards. So fantastic. He is one of my favourite. Rikishi, I loved him when we started watching. It was only for a couple of, one year that we saw him. And then, you know, since moving into the uh, Oyakata. And seeing his presence ringside, I think it's just, yeah. it's nice knowing that you know that Sumo is in good hands when he's sitting there. Obviously, sports a very famous haircut. Yes, yes. The Kyoku Tenho. Kid <laughs> with the same amazing haircut, the short sides. Cut down the side. Harsh fade. Yep. Legend. Okay, well, that brings us to our final selection of the day. This is not a Senshu Raku uh, party. This is actually a studio recording, which we don't often feature on Karaoke Corner. It's by a Hawaiian artist, Israel Kamakivole. I hope I've said that okay. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also known as Iz. Uh, Here's his song, Tengoku Kara Kaminari, which means Thunder from the Heavens. 
gentle giants from the countryside. Why Manalo, Nanakuli, and Wayanai? They are the champions in a foreign land. National heroes, famous idols in Japan. Akebono Musashimaru and Konishiki. Akebono Musashimaru and Konishiki. They've traveled thousand miles away, sometimes lonely, far away from family. All have conquered a dream that seemed impossible with dignity. They are Hawaii, Sumotori, Akebono, Musashimaru, and Konishiki. That's lovely. That's lovely. I know him from the uh, Rainbow Connection uh, version that he's done, and he his voice is so beautiful. I think people would most likely know is from that very, very huge... It was a medley of... Um, Somewhere over the rainbow and wonderful world. Oh, that's right. Mm. That's right. The that particular the YouTube video for that song has over a billion views. Wow. So very big. It was on the uh, world Billboard charts for 185 weeks. Uh, is is a very very popular. I should say was a very very popular Hawaiian ukulele player, and he was also uh, an activist for Hawaiian sovereignty. So he did a lot of work in the community. There, unfortunately, uh, he died at the age of thirty-eight due to heart issues. His uh, the funeral, over ten thousand people attended that, and in twenty twenty, there was a bronze bust unveiled uh, to commemorate his life on the island of Oahu, if I've said that correctly as well. Uh, what did you think of that song? Well, the song itself is really beautiful and lovely to listen to, but I, I love that idea that he wanted to highlight um, those. Hawaiian uh, ricochet and I think Musashimaru, who was born in Samoa but moved to Hawaii, right? So they all ah, okay. sort of came came to Japan from there as as kids and um, became such greats in the sport. And you know, he talks; those lyrics were mentioning, you know, they were a long way away from home, and the Hawaiian culture must be so much a a part of their lives, you know, yeah, they totally. left and they adopted another culture and they were just such massive figures. And I love that idea of, of paying homage to those three. And they certainly had an era of dominance, those three. Akebono was Yokozuna and he fought between 1988 and 2001. Musashi Maru, Yokozuna, he fought between 1989 and 2003. Kodoshiki, he was Ozeki and he fought between 82 and 1997. Although after this dominant group, Hawaiian sumo has fallen off the map somewhat. After Musashi's Maru's retirement in 2003, there was a 10-year gap where there was no Hawaiian representation in sumo. That was broken in 2013 when uh, a youngster, Musashi Kuni, debuted in May of that year. But it wasn't the same success story for Musashi Kuni. His highest rank was only Makushta 54, mm. and he retired in September 2019. I wonder what happened in the, like whether there was a, a a period of a lot of training facilities or a lot of money going into that 
in Hawaii or... I'd love to know the story there. Whether they something... were scouted and yeah. that, that scouting, you know, the some of the hair turned their looks more inwards or... Um, yeah, mm, I'm not sure. Okay, well, that's it for Karaoke Corner. Let's... Uh... Turn our eye to some of the ricochet that we'll be keeping an eye on. Oh, yeah. Well, 2023, as I mentioned before, just such an exciting year and probably the, the first person we need to really focus down on, particularly in January, is Takakesho because he's got the chance to become a Yokozuna. You, you look at these numbers, he certainly does. And it's funny that there was a time before, in the first half of last year, he was struggling alongside Shodai. And then from July onwards, he's gone 11-4 Jun Yusho. In September, he's gone 10-5. In November, obviously, he was part of that very exciting playoff uh, and finished 12-3 and with a Jun Yusho. I think it's fair to say that a Yusho in January will see him promoted. Yeah, because sometimes it needs to be two Yusho in a row, but getting to the playoff yep. kind of counts, and especially with a 12-3, you know, it's in this current situation, like we were talking about, the rules are fluctuating a little bit, I think would be, a show here would be almost definite. So that's a lot of pressure on the the young fellow, but I think he's up to it. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, uh, John Gunning in the Japan Times uh, unearthed a very, very interesting Takakesho statistic in that Takakesho has won a total of five bouts via Yorikiri. Five bouts. Five bouts in, his... in total. <laughs> so Yorikiri is the most common winning technique in sumo. Uh, John Gunning quoted Terunofuji Fuji winning at 41% of his bouts via Yorikiri. Wakataka Kage wins 46% of his bouts. Takakesho doesn't even know about it. Arms are too short. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes on to that photo you showed me of uh, Takakesho doing some new training. Yeah, yeah. So he's been on the belt. It... It's interesting. It was in his own uh, stable and it was against Takanosho. And, yeah, he's on the belt. He's leaning in. He's trying to obviously work on that side of his sumo, I guess, and that's why, you know, photographer thought it was yes, exactly. important to take that photo because otherwise, you know, if it was just a training routine, maybe it wouldn't be so so useful to see. But obviously they think that he's trying to develop that area as well. It is an area perhaps of deficiency that he can be taken advantage of. We don't see it that often, somebody getting on his no, belt. No, I was just about to say that. Yeah, he doesn't need to worry about it too yeah, often. Yeah, it's usually him kind of coming past or going down. But if he had something else in his arsenal, that would be useful. It does feel though a very certain style of sumo has got him to this point. It seems crazy to change it now. Yeah, but maybe it's not about changing what the instinct is. Maybe it's just about having, you know, we've talked about oh, yeah, him having yeah. that um, idea of what his body does when he's in a certain situation. If he has something else that his body can do in a situation where nothing else works. Well, you're exactly, I didn't. Isn't that useful? Yeah, isn't I didn't good? think about it from that point of view. So after the mind has left, mm. if the body gets on the belt, the it's body like needs to be this. trained. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I just well, have to imagine this is Takanosho and I've pushed him out of the room. <laughs> Yori Kiri. Well, very, very positive news for Takakesho and I hope 2023 goes well for Would him. Would you like him to, to be a Yokozuna? Sure. <laughs> I have no feelings one way or the other. Uh, now, the other, let's call it sumo dream, Takiyasu looking at the, the last couple of bouts for him 
oh, sorry, the last couple of Basho for him, he's put up some serious numbers. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the uh, Banzuke episode, but in September, 11-4 junior show, November, the junior show again, and the 12-3 and being involved in the playoff. And he got a third junior show last year in March uh, before he had to pull out because of his injury. So that's three junior show in a year, which is definitely great numbers, but great it's numbers. not. They weren't consecutive. The last two were, but they were from Magashira 4 and Magashira 1. So usually they wouldn't be counted. And I guess this is where we bring in this you know, this sort of dream aspect of it, if he either won a U show here or got another yeah, junior yeah. show at Sekiwake, is that enough for, that would definitely be the 33 wins, like is that enough for Ozeki prom- a re-Ozeki promotion for Takiyasu, which would be huge. Well, traditionally, and I think we said this last ep, you need to do those numbers from Sanyaku. He's done them from Maegashira 4 and Maegashira 1. But I think you identified a couple of factors that might be on Takayasu's side. The fact that they are desperate for Ozeki. Mm. They are desperate for quality Ozeki. And the fact he's been there before. Yeah. This isn't a promotion. It's a re-promotion. I think that might work in his favour. Yeah, yeah. There's a balance, isn't there, because you don't want someone to come in immediately to have an issue and drop out. So I guess the back issues in his, his age, I guess, although you can't really count that against no, him. No, not these days. You know, they don't want him to come up and then straight away start going really, really badly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But his numbers are so good. It would be such a great story. I feel like they'd get a lot of publicity from it. Yeah, but I think you're right in the sense they don't want him getting there and then starting to fail again. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a lot of pressure off. Would be. Would that be enough getting back to Ozeki for him if he never got a Yusho? Well, I don't think the question, is it enough for him? It's, is it enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> it might be even worse. Like to get back to Ozeki, but still to never win a show. Hey, he's a champion. Doesn't matter if he gets a U show or not. He's absolutely a champion. is. There are a lot of guys at their highest ranks in 2023 that everyone uh, and us are very excited about. So Kodnawaka Wakamoto Haru as Komasubi. That's their first time in Sanyaku. Great stuff. Nishiki Fuji is at his highest rank of M4. Wang Peng, aka <laughs> Oho, is uh, at his highest rank of Magashira 8. Hirata Umi, keep an eye on this oh, Rikishi at Magashira 10. And old Mitoru. Yep, only man in his hair. <laughs> Loneliest man in sumo, but <laughs> he's happy because he's Magashira 15. And, you know, I would like to see him put a kachikoshi next to that this time. Please. Please. I would, I'm even more invested in that than I am in any of these other guys. Well, big call. <laughs> uh, as you said at the top of the show, Jurio is looking red hot at the moment. We've got a bunch of Rikishi on the up. Hokusehot hot Jurio 2 knocking on the door of Makuchi promotion. Or Shoma, Jurio 3, Kimbozan, Jurio 5, Roga, Jurio 9, Gonoyama, Jurio 10, Shonano Umi at Jurio 13. He's on debut. Great to see such a big pack at their highest rank. These names. Huge. Huge names. Huge. And another one in Jurio, of course, Asaniyama. He is getting there. He's at Jurio 12, his first return to the salaried ranks since, uh, since the uh, suspension. And he's, he's definitely back in the news again. People are sort of clamouring for his thoughts on all of this. 
there's probably not a lot that he can say at this point. I mean, obviously he wants to get back. He can p- keep repeating, I want to get back to Sanyaku. I want to become Yokozuna. I want to, you know, honour everybody who I've I've discredited through this issue. But he did have an interview this time around where he talked specifically about his father, which is a really sad story. He died in uh, August 2021 right after the the suspension which took place during the May 2021 Basho. And he was a massive supporter of Asaniyama and often used to come down and see him uh, compete. He was so happy when he won his Yusho and just a massive supporter of his son. And the timing on that, I mean, obviously, you know, there are coincidences and things happen in life at terrible times, but that must have been absolutely devastating for Asaniyama. We spoke about it at the time, but um, it's still a massive factor in his life. And so when he came back in Sandanme in July last year, 2022, he changed his first name uh, to his actual first name that he was given by his father, um, Hiroki. And he's speaking about that at the moment. That's his driving force, which is very powerful. I think from, you know, a redemption arc, it feels real for Asunayama. I think the time off has done him the world of good. But, mm. And I think he'll cut his way through Jurio very, very quickly. Mm. He'll drop he'll drop bouts here and there. Yeah. No doubt. Especially given that talented bunch who are on the rise. Yeah. He's got Tucker Kento on day one. Oh, no worries. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, Kyujo, the list is looking thankfully small at the moment. Terran Fuji, of course, who we've spoken, uh, coming off the double knee surgery. Yeah, so that's confirmed now. It wasn't actually confirmed until we saw it on this list, but yes. he is actually not in Hatsu. And Ichinojo uh, serving that suspension due to the COVID violation. That's a one Basho suspension? I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, not, not the best times in Minato Bay at the moment. Um, obviously, Sumo kicks off tomorrow. Let's have a look. There's a couple of bouts that really caught my eye. The one oh. that jumps out, Shodai versus Mitakumi. Day one they've given oh, us I mean, this, this is gem. a genius piece of programming. It's one to get the kids around the TV to watch. <laughs> Two X or Zeki. Well, we shouldn't call Shodai. Technically, he's not Exorzeki yet. No, no. Uh, in name, he certainly is Exorzeki, but 10 wins will see him back. They have a 16-14 record, these two. It's uh, in Shodai's favour. They actually met for the first time in May 2015 when they were both Makushta 2 and 3. Oh. Shodai picked up that one and he has won their last couple of meetings, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's going to be an absolute banger. What's that? Where's that in the... Uh... Uh, it's about sixth from the end. Oh, yeah, because they're down so low. They are down so low. Fifth from the end, yeah. Uh, the other one right up the top, Takakesho takes on Wakamoto Haru. And again, here's two Rikishi that first wow. met back in 2015 in March. Takakesho at that point was going by the name Sato and Wakamoto Haru was known as Goshi. Mm. And... On uh, that occasion, Goshi picked up the win. Is that so? But they've only met two times uh, in the last year or so, and Takakesho has won both times. But we'll see whether that belt training from Takakesho yeah. pays yeah. off against Wakamoto Haru, who will definitely be looking to get on the belt. Yeah, very well. Welcome to Komasubi, uh, Wakamoto Haru. Mm. Your first bout is up against the, the guy who's going for Yokozuna. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, and what else do we have in that? So that's the final bout of the day. We have Wakataka Kage up against Meisei. So that's uh, him trying to – that's not – predetermined by any means. That's really, really difficult. Oh, Toby Zaru Hoshoryu. Yeah, their battles are always entertaining. Um, and Toby Zaru has a few wins uh, against Hoshoryu. Picked up most of them during 2021 when Hoshoryu was still on the rise. Uh, but no doubt this one will be one to watch. And Takiyasu, as we said, we're keeping a firm eye on him, never looking away. He's up against Daisho. It's 11-5. Uh, Takiyasu's way between those two, but Taisho, <laughs> you could never say one way or another. Uh, and the first bout of uh, Makuchi will be Takara Fuji and Chiyomaru. I did see this one. Yeah, I thought, what a way to kick off sumo in 2023. Takara Fuji, can he stop the slide against Chiyomaru, who just wanders back into Makuchi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor old Takara Fuji. Um, that's day one. We uh, will be doing, as we said, Jurio uh, from Jurio Time on YouTube. So come and hang out with us then. We love having people uh, with us for Jurio. Uh, we've got something new that we have uh, had made that you can uh, grab if you want. And these are badges, Sumo Manji badges. Well, they're not actually badges. They're enamel pins. Enamel pins. So they're even better than badges. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, a limited quantity of those made up. So if you'd like to check those out, you can head to sumomainichi.bandcamp.com uh, and check out the merch page there. And if you'd like to buy one, you can do it that way. If you'd like to support the podcast, uh, we also have a PayPal set up. We don't really subscribe to the idea of the regular giving with Patreon, but if you would like to contribute to a bottle of sake for our sumo <laughs> watching times, you can do that at PayPal with our email address, sumomainichi at gmail.com. And I wanted to say a massive, massive thank you to Ben, Chris, Daniel, Glenn and Peter for uh, contributing to the sake fund and when we have our first sip, which will be tomorrow. We held off at 11am yeah. today on a Saturday. Yeah, we did. Was it, I put yeah. the idea out there though. You did actually. <laughs> I have to go to the supermarket. That's why I said no. I didn't fancy tiptoeing around the supermarket trying to find sure. the uh, the mints after a bottle of sake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tomorrow we will definitely be partaking. Thank you so much for that support. It means the world. As we always say, um, it is not a problem at all if you can't or don't want to do that. Uh, but thanks to those people for their ongoing support of Sumo Manichi. It means the world. The Chiyoshima Henke competition, it was the shortest open window in the world for that. We opened it this morning and it is already closed. All days are snapped up. Do we have the slot of no hankers? Oh, open? we don't. The no hanker position. Okay, put that up now and we'll, I think that needs to go as well. Because that's All a very, right. that's an important nobody's, one to recognise. Nobody's recommended that, although I have turned off my data at the moment, so I can't see what, <laughs> okay. what's happened in the last hour. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on our pre-Basho episode. We'll catch you on day eight, where we'll wrap up the first week of the sumo. And Jurio tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah.